scene before you is this. You have, standing off to the side, Ladislav, the owner of the Four Corners of the Earth, the librarian, Faye, knowledge broker, standing stock still in observation. You have, on the ground, Dr. Sylvester Cooper Smith, crumpled in a heap, many bones obviously broken, and having coughed up blood. You have also, just opposite him, the headless goat man, who is currently melting into a puddle of ectoplasm, and standing behind that uh, rapidly deforming billy goat is the satyr, one of the other squires of the Knight of the Winter Court of the Fae, uh, with a sword that he just used to decapitate his fellow squire. Additionally, standing near Desdemona is Marcus Walbrook, who has just bore witness to Sly taking his place in this duel and the incredible uh, bodily trauma that he suffered as a result. You have the Warden's Chaplain and Beaumont, who are kind of stunned at the whole scene that has just occurred by the level of violence, as well as the quite sudden decapitation of the Billy Goat man. So how are the three of you reacting to this scene in front of you? Albion is going to look at Sylvester as he's just collapsed, look at the satyr who is now standing near him, and just unsnap the buckle on Gugnir. Is this done? Are you done? Okay. How is Ro reacting? Ro is running over to Sly. And how is Des reacting? She's probably trying to call 911 on her cell phone, and she's also kind of giving Marcus the stink eye at the same time. Okay. The the satyr looks at you, Albion, and he says, well, I mean, that's over. Sure. Cool. Gun is out, aimed right at his head. You have ten seconds to fuck off. So you're trying to intimidate the satyr into leaving. Yeah, I just want him to be gone at this point. I, I want him to leave so we can tend to our friend without his smug ass in the room. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, Roll roll an intimidate attempt, then. I was hoping for a better... It's three pluses. It's still good. It's a four, but... Okay, and I assume you're trying to do um a maneuver here? Um, pretty much. Just sort of get him to realize he's not... This is not a place where he should remain. There's nothing to gain by staying here. Because usually forcing someone to leave requires attacks and them being taken out or offering concessions. But I think I think a dis- uh, basically a threat display, that's that can be counted as a maneuver. And you got a total of four. Yep. OK, well, I will tell you that I rolled unusually good and met. OK, fair. Yeah, Um. That's that's really unfortunate because that would scare most people having a gun, especially a gun they know is a magic gun drawn on them and told you need to get out of here. So he regards what you have done and 
as a move of casual dismissal of your threat, he sort of just does the dismissive hand gesture upwards. And now I need you to roll against his maneuver because that dismissive gesture comes backed with the icy wind of winter attempting to rip the gun free from your hand. Okay, what am I rolling to defend against this? You are Is going to endurance? be rolling. Once I give you a number, you're going to be rolling, uh, I think, athletics, which is going to be restricted by alertness. So oh, let me give you that. I'm rolling pretty good over here. So uh, you are going to have to beat a seven to keep that. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, did math. It's a six. Gonna have to be a six to keep that. And it is restricted by alertness. So give me that alertness roll. I'm going to say the target is just like a three to realize that you're being deceived. That's a six. Okay, so you are not rolling at a minus. Athletics now. I feel like with getting a roll that high above, doubling it, could that get some positive spin my way? Could I argue for that? Um, In this case, I am going to say... You know what? I'll give you that. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you this time. All right. So get a plus one. Okay. Oh, that plus one was clutch. I just hit him. I just meet. So that I barely hold on to the gun. So basically what you're telling me is I should never give you an advantage ever because you <laughs> roll so stupid well. He's inherited Darius's power. <laughs> The mantle has passed to me. Get his ass. Transferred. It's like a curse. <laughs> so Albion is just holding position and then just, all right, draws the second gun, which is the one with the iron uh, flechette shotgun rounds and just aiming them both. Walk. At which point, um, he just kind of acknowledges that you are unmoved by such a thing. And he turns... He turns his entire back on you to walk away. Um, what a frickin' dick. Well, <laughs> about that. I know you didn't tell me to, but Albion's taking a three-stress social hit from this guy being so fucking smug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, um, everybody, I need you to roll me an alertness, and your target is going to be a four. That's everyone you said? Yes. Mm, it's just a three. I miss. I also miss with my one. I got a one as well. <laughs> one okay. buddies. None right. of us catch this in time. Nope. Uh, because right now, Marcus has leapt forward from standing at Dez's side. Oh, fuck. And he is reaching over with his right hand as he passes and grabs the hilt of Warden Beaumont's sword as he is running past, wrenching it roughly from its sheath. And he runs at the satyr, the one that just uh, decapitated the goat man and had the balls to treat you like that. And uh, he plays his favorite arcade game, Decap Attack. Oh, god damn! And he does. <laughs> um, it looks like he has a bit of a trailing glow behind him, as though his movements were sped up and enhanced by just sort of 
pouring extra juice uh, into his his muscles to just... And uh, he swings a warden sword, which cuts through all magic into the neck of this satyr, and the sword glows with a little bit of a golden hue. You can assume that he is throwing some of his own summer power down to just really make sure that this hurts this creature of winter. And in one move, he just takes the sword and slices across and the satyr falls to the ground, headless, dead, and dissolving into ectoplasm. <laughs> well then. And um, Marcus just sort of stands there, panting heavily for a second. He turns back to the group and just says, I fucking hate fey politics. And tosses the sword to the ground uh, and starts walking over towards Sylvester. Uh, when he drops the sword to the ground, the barrel of Albion's gun moves away from him. Okay. Yeah, he tosses the sword aside, by the way. Yeah. And he's walking over to Sylvester. And um, Albion is interceding and is grabbing him by the shoulder and shoving him against the wall. Uh, you are not quite at a wall yet, but you're oh, going to try to stop shoving him. him back. Just um, okay. And he have you locked eyes with Marcus before? Marcus, I don't know that we did. Okay. I know that I locked eyes with Beaumont. Okay. So... I don't think we have. He's going to pointedly avoid locking eyes with you then, and he is going to uh, just sort of, with a little, a slight extra flare of not heat that would actually make you, like, ow, you know, burn kind of thing, but just enough to sort of get the point across of, like, hands off. Again, doesn't hurt. It's warmth that's coming yeah. up. And he just sort of jerks his shoulder uh, to get your hand off of it and starts charging towards uh, Sylvester a little faster. At which point, Warden Chaplin has recovered from being stunned by these uh, events and starts running toward Marcus and drawing their own sword. How does everyone react in this moment? Has my phone call gone through yet? I would say at this point, um, you have in your ears 911, what's your emergency? As this is happening. <laughs> Jeez. <sighs> okay, I think that she's probably gonna drop the phone and probably do a quick cast of something to block everybody from touching each other. <laughs> Okay. I'm Al Halpy. Okay. All right. Are you trying to do like a zone wide block? I probably like, you know, like almost like what a, like a peace symbol is where it's like kind of chalked into three different parts, like three different lines, because yeah. I don't want Albion or Chaplin or Marcus touching each other right now. Okay. Are you going to allow for Marcus to approach Sylvester with the shape of this. No. Okay. No, so, so you're, I, I... You're making a very specific point. Okay, so I think instead I'm going to maybe wall up around Marcus, like maybe a circle instead. Ah, okay. So 
Interesting. You're trying to use a block spell around somebody, not to block against stuff happening to them, but to block them. Well, both. Okay. Both. Okay. I don't want people. I don't want people getting to him, but I also want him getting to people. Okay. I am gonna say take your rote version and then add plus one because you're trying to make this work both ways. It's usually semi permeable. Uh, semi permeable. Whatever. Stuff usually can go out, but not in. Uh, you're trying to do both. Uh, so yeah. I'm gonna say, yeah, increase the the challenge um, for both conviction and discipline by one above what you would normally roll. Okay, let's see. So my Malhelpy block is a four. So I'm trying to Damn. summon five and five. Uh, yeah, if you, you to make this thing like really pretty damn strong. Okay. Um, and what's first? Conviction to raise the power. All right, so that is a four. Um, am I able to take a mental stress to get the rest? Not on conviction. That's on discipline to control it. Okay. Um, I have, I have eight fate points, so I would like to invoke something. Frig! What are you? <laughs> I Darius? have one. I have one. I've been hoarding them for several episodes. I guess so. Also, you gave me one last episode. Two episodes ago. I sure did. Okay. What aspect are you invoking? I'm going to invoke I get by with a little help from my friends. I'm trying to protect all of them right now. Okay. From a place of caring about your friends, you find the strength inside of you to do what you wish to do. Roll discipline to control it. Yep. That's a five. All right. Dang. You're able to make it happen. Uh, cool. So... It's a ghoulish wall. <laughs> yes, a ghoulish wall forms around Marcus, uh, encasing him on all sides. And it is clear to Marcus looking out that this feels like it would be an impediment. And it is clear to people looking toward Marcus that this feels like it would be an impediment in that direction as well, though not both sides can't determine that about the other so to the outside observer it sure looks like you're trying to keep people away from marcus and to marcus it looks like you're trying to keep him away from everyone else uh which are both true just at the same time not independently uh is ro reacting at all right now ro is focused on sly but i think seeing everything she's gonna try to like move him away from the commotion I am going to make you roll a scholarship roll, uh, oh, no. and your target is, I'm going to say this is fairly common knowledge, so a two. Because that's a four, baby. No scholarship Yeah, don't move needed. somebody that's that injured. Yeah, don't do it. Okay, so she's... Um, because they might have spinal damage. You don't you know. You need to stabilize. And, she's uh, human, like human all shielding them broken then. bones. Yeah, okay. So you're just trying to get in the way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know better than to try to move somebody who's that that badly hurt in this moment. And Marcus has a moment and you would think that he would start calming down. Perhaps the adrenaline would wear off, um, but he does not look like that. He looks more tense, in fact, uh, as he turns and says, Des, I'm trying to save him. Albion knows he's too angry to participate in this conversation, 
Uh, if he speaks right now, it is going to be nonsense. So he does not talk. He just steps back. Haven't you done enough? Let me help my friend. You won. Aren't you happy now? No, because other... I... Sly's about to die. I want to help him. I think she's... Is it a way for her to adjust the wall so that he can get to Sly, but Chaplin and Albion can't get to him? I'm going to say that this is going to be... Whew. Yeah, so you're trying to maintain something. You've summoned the power to do this, but you're going to try to, like, move it. Uh, so I'm going to say that's a discipline thing because that's part of targeting. Um... You aren't going to be able to fully necessarily, like, open it and then extend it that way without pouring more power into it. But you could sort of move it in a way that suggests he can move towards Sly and that you're going to, like, keep that going. And I would make you make a discipline roll for that. You'd have to okay. meet a five to, okay. to keep that. That is a five. Okay. Uh, is that the... another mental stress? That is another mental stress, yes. All right. I am full. Amazing. So you cannot keep this up for much longer. Yep. You will start taking consequences. Okay. He notices that you are sort of moving it as if to suggest that he move forward. And he starts moving a little quicker. So you're going to probably have to like move, move it to try to keep up. But I'm going to say since you met uh, with that five that you can probably make that happen for this to actually last keep up with him and get him to where he needs to be for the duration that's going to be one more discipline roll and it will be another mental stress right now so, uh, it's another five all right well that would be a four and i have i would have to probably take a mild consequence you will have to take a mild consequence uh, regardless yeah can i take a physical stress for backlash for um the lack of discipline Right there. Sure. Sure. And then a mild consequence for the mental. Correct. Okay. What mild mental consequence are you taking as a result of pushing past your limits to keep a spell going? Mm, I'm always really bad at choosing these. Um, splitting headache? Yeah, I, I think that would be something that could count for distraction. And I'll say that that is the one physical stress justification as well is that you just have the, a throbbing pain coming basically like from the center of your brain out into the rest of your head. Uh, yeah. And you know, it's going to just get worse and worse if you have to keep sustaining this. Well, yeah, think about what's happened within the last half hour. She She's not doing great. You manage to keep that active and it forms around the two of them as Sly makes his way or sorry, as Marcus makes his way over to Sylvester um, and he puts a hand on one of Sylvester's shoulders and then his other hand on the other one as gingerly as he possibly can, uh, just so that he is barely making contact at all. And you see this warm glow start to surround him and then sort of channel itself down its arms into Sylvester's unconscious form, that warmth and that light disappears as it moves inside of him. And you 
probably are going to have to drop what you're doing now as he's doing this because the the strain is going to start really kicking in. I'm okay with that. She just mostly wanted everyone to take a breath. Yeah. Before we all just clash in the middle. So the last of that light is sort of draining out of Marcus and down his arms and into Sylvester disappearing into just inside of him. And he he stands up and looks at everyone and says that was the last of the summer magic I had access to thanks to Queen Titania. And I used it to give just a little bit more to my friend here. So maybe he won't die before he gets to a hospital. Alvin has just sort of, he has backed off at this point. He has just gotten the point where he is just sitting on the ground and just has his head in his hands and is just shaking as tears run down his cheeks. I think at this point, Des is scrambling for the cell phone again to try to call an ambulance here. Um, okay. You you look at your cell phone and you have done some serious magical juju right <laughs> near it. It's pretty much frying. Uh, you hear a sort That's of fair. distorted voice trying to come through of the 911 dispatcher. Uh, and then your cell phone uh, shorts and t- shuts itself off. Shit. And Marcus just looks at uh, looks over at the wardens and points at Beaumont and goes, can you pick him up? I know you do. I know you got force control and it's pretty clean because I have been walking the ways around here for months. We can get him to the campus ground pretty quickly. Yes, I know this means you need to trust me, but I don't want him to die. Albion does speak up and just is like, I'm going to vouch for him. I know he's got Sly's best interest in this. To which Chaplin just says, it's contrary to five minutes ago. Oh, absolutely contrary to five minutes ago. And that's a conversation I fully intend to fucking have. Right now, I just want to make sure my friend makes it out of this alive. Okay? Please. Okay. 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 Um, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with you so that- No. Beaumont interrupts. No, you're not. Excuse me, Joseph? What the fu- No. Two people maybe can sneak in. Three people pushing it. You stay here. I've got this sword, right? Can cut through anything. And uh, he he shakes the ectoplasm off of his sword and sheaths it and just says, I know what I'm doing. Cradles Sly's body in subtle magical force, lifting it as evenly as he can uh, into the air. And Marcus starts focusing and pulls open away into the never-never and starts subtly raising Sly a little higher with his own brand of wind magic to keep him off of the ground and starts sort of pushing him through the air uh, gently as he can, uh, the two of them working in tandem to attempt to not actually move Sly as much as they possibly can. And they they look back at the group as Marcus is closing the way into the Never Never behind him. And you see Beaumont look back with a very purposeful look. It suggests that you trust him despite. I absolutely trust Beaumont. 
and Marcus is just focused on what he's doing. In the meantime, Ladislav and the librarian are chatting quietly to themselves uh, over <laughs> in the middle of the room. And uh, Ladislav walks over to Warden Chaplin and uh, just sort of pats him on the shoulder and says, it's going to be fine. You should trust him. Ex excuse you? I got good information. Says he won't do anything stupid. And the librarian gracefully steps over and just simply says, And I now know how to correctly make a Babylonian beef sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> the information exchange. Amazing. That's how you do it. I just do what the great spirit tells me. Indeed, you do. Albion is going to stand up and walk away and pull out his cell phone, actually. Okay. What you doing? Uh, I am calling the Noctis. I see. Which which member? I'm calling a, what is essentially the home office. Okay. Which means it's likely going to... If Alistair's there, he's likely going to be the one that picks up if he's not on a job. Okay. Alistair... Uh, after a few rings, picks up the phone. You exchange your sign and countersign to verify that you're who you are. And he asks, <sighs> What is it now, Albion? I need to speak to the High Huntsman. Uh, now. Yeah, now. The Winter Court is actively here trying to kill people. Jesus Christ. I just watched a fucking duel between a mortal man and a fae. And they ain't stopping. Goblins attacked us earlier. It is actively a battle right now. I need backup. I need it fucking as soon as possible. And if I can't get it from you, I'm gonna get it from him. Look, I can't get him on the phone right this second. However, you, uh, still got that white cord FBI kick around up there, huh? Oh, we've had fucking words, you trust me. <laughs> no, that ain't it. I'm saying, I think I can talk to the High Hunter. Convince him to send some reinforcements your way. You understand? I absolutely understand. Right. Well, pleasure doing business with you. Happy hunting. Keep that quaint little town safe. Fuck is happening up there, Albion. I wish I fucking knew. I was calling to ask him why the fuck I was sent here, to be honest with you. Because I don't know why this is all happening here. And he is the one who ordered me sent here so he knows something. Well, I don't know one thing and one thing only. And that's you to keep a lid on this. Keep them people safe. Right? Good. And he hangs up. Hello, everybody. This is Michael, your GM, your best friend, and um, I, I've run out of third things. Not even going to make a joke about it this time. Sorry. I always do these uh, midsections pretty much extemporaneously, so if I don't have something prepared, I just 
have to sort of make sounds with my mouth. Some people call them words until I figure out good words to say. And sometimes, like right now, I don't. I might have better words if I read more books. Because, yeah, we're going to jump right into the ad read right now for Abe Books. You know it. It's me. I like this service quite a bit. I keep talking about it. I literally just used it an hour ago because I wanted to do a little bit of Christmas shopping for a friend who happens to live somewhere very much not where I live. His name is John. He's on the network. You should listen to his podcasts. And uh, I was like, hey, you should read Red Shirts by John Scalzi. And he hasn't. So he's getting a copy in the mail because a books is an online marketplace listing millions of new used rare and out of print books and other collectible items, as well as cheap textbooks. Uh, Red Shirts is not uh, particularly rare or out of print. It was a Hugo Award winning book, uh, especially recommended if you enjoy uh, Star Trek and uh, sort of meta meta humor and just really good, well written satire comedy sci-fi and then it becomes strangely mind-bending and you're like whoa anyway uh a books connects you with thousands of professional booksellers in more than 50 countries worldwide so you can be sure that if it's something that you're looking for it's probably there if you go to affiliates.abebooks.com slash ppn it supports our show, and we would just be so happy to know that we have encouraged somebody to get a book for themselves or someone else. It's good. I like books. I don't have anything else to say. Another one, another one of these mid-rolls where I'm just sort of rambling for no reason. Anywho, that's affiliates.abebooks.com slash ppn. Speaking of supporting our show, we have another pocket node, and I'm going to let you guess who it's for. Yep, you got it. And wait, I'm going to let you guess who it's from. You know what? You were also right. You're really smart and also good at pattern recognition. But to be complete and just to make sure, just in case... Uh, you know, to read the order in full, it is to Albion from Molly. Update part two. I went out again. It took a few tries because some people started up a neighborhood watch for whatever got that dog. But I still need to test my camcorder a hair before going out spook hunting. It's seriously all I could think about at work today. I told you that I got that vet assistant position, right? I almost went home early because I couldn't focus on the animals right. I don't usually get scratched at all, let alone this much. Oh, totally thought I mailed this already. Oh well, more letter for you. Took three days to hear the voice again. Went out as soon as I heard it. I've been keeping your flashlight with my boots by the door for just this moment. The thing with the dog scared me good, though, so I made sure to bring the knife dad left me. Signed, Molly. If you wish to also purchase a pocket note and have... Me, or anyone on the cast, in fact, read it aloud and get uh, 
get your message out there to the listening public, what listens to our show, or craft your own uh, fun narrative mystery for us to sort of listen through and try to guess what happens next time. You know, like listening to it. It's a podcast inside of a podcast at this point, basically. It's like Munch Squad, but with a lot less uh, crimes against humanity. Anyway, if you are interested in such a thing, you can go to pocketpodcastnetwork.com slash shop and get yourself a pocket note to be read out on any of our shows, including ours, of course. You just heard one. Thank you, as always, to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting our show, as well as other great shows, such as Tia and Rio Attempt to Save the World, Cult Classics, which is about to have cults mishappen, which is very exciting because there is yet another new twist on the format this year that I'm very excited about. Um, and remember that person I said I bought a book for earlier in the ad read? That may become relevant. I won't say anything more. And speaking of Christmas time, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, as we are in Hanukkah right now, as this episode releases, and all of the rest of the holidays this season, hey, have happy ones. I hope you are all having a lovely, uh, lovely time here at the start of winter proper. But speaking of Christmas, as I said, we've got our second Christmas special coming out, ideally on Christmas itself, and it features... A very special guest who I shan't reveal here. You're going to want to tune in, however, because I you've more than likely seen our guest in uh, in a couple different places, maybe even heard them in some other ones. They are somebody whose Internet following puts ours to absolute shame. It was very kind of them. And then the other person on that episode well, let's just say that Darius gets to reprise a role, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. I'm super duper excited for that episode to drop. It was a lot of fun to record. If you're still on social media for some reason, despite the fact that the, uh, the social media sphere is basically just eating itself at this point, well... Be sure to mention us in your social media platform of choice with the hashtag GMMCast. I understand that we've recently started a Tumblr. I know nothing about Tumblr. I'm a 35-year-old cishet white man. But if we're there, have fun and check that out. You could also hop into our Discord server, where uh, if you wanted to say something to me, it's a much more efficient means than attempting to go through literally any social media platform. Uh, <laughs> so hop on into the Discord. Uh, we also have a network Discord that is uh, for listeners of the shows in general, which is very cool, very fun. We've gotten a, a neat new crowd of people in because uh, Deep Blue Ink, who made two animations for us, he's wonderful, made a lovely animation for Poke Makers. Uh, go watch that. It is an absolute delight. Welcome to Ulsea is the name of it. I love it so much. Um, it is it, it's it, it just Alex and JD being uh, super duper charming and 
Deep Blue Ink being talented as hell. So yeah, go watch that. Uh, links to a lot of that are in the episode description. And before I forget, uh, I would want to say a continued thanks to our friend Nicholas Trent and also to Crumpet, uh, Sean Geddes, for playing their respective roles of Marcus Welbrook and Alistair Card. And now I return you to the episode from whence you came. Bye! Hi, I'm Daniel, Game Master of the actual play podcast, No Dice. Join Magic Assholes, Ixen. There's a score between me and Doors, and so far, Doors are zero. Perry. They definitely have a lot of daggers happening. They're, they're hiding in various spaces. Sayersha. I always love getting stories from adventurers. I, I really wish I could just have, you know, one of my own. And a whole host of guest players. You can find No Dice on the first Friday of every month on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or PocketPodcastNetwork.com. So given your current situation, you have Marcus and Warden Beaumont currently transporting Sylvester through the Never Never uh, to basically drop him off on the University of Vermont campus so he can get immediate medical attention. Uh, you have Warden Chaplin, Ladislav Pansisen, owner of the Four Corners of the Earth, the librarian, and you guys. Here in the pilings under the Morn Municipal Plant, individually, what do you think you should be doing next? Starting with Des, Christine. She wants to go home and cry in the tub. Okay. Gwen, Ro? Um, Ro is getting over what has been like the world's quietest panic attack because other things are more important right now. Um, Ro wants to get more information from Albion about the Shadrach stuff. And Albion? Albion does not know what the next best course is. He's just, after watching what happened to Sylvester, he's at a loss right now. This is sort of making it more hit home, what's been going on, and making him realize it should have been him. It should have been him in the fight. So Albion has regrets. Ro has a panic attack. And Des just needs some form of catharsis at all. Cool. I, you know, I feel like this might be, there might just be some passage of time where the three of you are down here, just waiting for things to shake out uh, with Sylvester. And you're just allowed to kind of sit in your own emotional place and work through that a bit in your own heads, I guess. As uh, it gets darker and darker under there, because it's uh, it's it's getting to be 7 p.m. and later. So, by the way, uh, the last scene is officially done, so you can clear any stress. <laughs> Except for the internal stress. Well, you know what I mean. How long does it take to get rid of uh, consequences? Mild goes away between scenes if you have justification. I'm not going to justify that right now, but the stresses I'm definitely going to erase. So you still have that kind of headache distracting you? Totally fair. Just pop some Advil. Okay. All right. So Ro is absolutely looking through whatever stuff Shadrach has here. Like, she's digging, and I don't think she knows what she's looking for. Okay. So... Sounds like you're going to be making an aimless investigation roll to see if you can turn something up. Yeah. 
Okay, great. Uh, let's say your investigation is going to have a basic target of... Uh, okay, I, I do have a question. How are you providing illumination to look through things? Because uh, the the sunset dim light is filtering in through an underwater channel. Or not underwater, but you know what I mean. Uh, a, a channel uh, that lets the cell water Cell phone in. light. Okay, cell phone light. All right, so you have that, so you're not at a complete loss. Uh, I'm going to say for a two, you'll get something, not much, but you'll get something, and every two above that is going to give you something much more significant. Okay, all right. What does my five get me, sir? Okay, your five gets you the basic results and something else. So, you know there's no corpse to examine. Um, well, you weren't there for that, but there is no corpse to examine. I think that in the like some of that aftermath, Roe probably was able to suss out or even like briefly get info from Albion. They probably haven't talked long term about it, but she knows that he was like melted and eaten. Well, shot in the head and then, uh, kept alive and undeath and then very much severed from that <laughs> yeah and then uh just consumed consumed is the best word okay uh, i don't like that but sure <laughs> he got bored yeah that's no, what i was tom, hoping to avoid tom <laughs> tom <sighs> i said what i said i'm aware so the basic thing is that uh ain't no remains for you to search so that's cool. Got to look for something else. You you do find that uh, Shadrach had not taken the best care of his belongings uh, or his personal effects. Um, you you do see a bit of let's say like jacket material for uh, a, a I guess coat material, something like you know a a, a long coat that one of them edgy guys like Shadrach might have worn that got uh, caught up on something perhaps after he twisted all the way to the ground and then got, you know, sprung back up like just uh, it got torn off uh, and so was not just completely consumed by uh, Mr. Jack. So there's like a little bit of uh, some kind of coat material that you can find there. It's not much to go on, but it's something. I'm not going to say like his wallet was thrown free or anything. Uh, that that would be ridiculous here. You do also find evidence of strands of hair and stuff from the fact that he may have been living down here. You are able to find a little bit of that because... Uh, you know, you don't know if he like was you know scratching his head a lot or pulling his hair or whatever. But there's yes, there's a little bit of that left over that you can gather up if you wish. And uh, yeah, it seems like he was probably working on constructing another uh, mecha champ down here. You don't necessarily see the thing, but you see signs of somebody who was working on such a project you see some like tools uh that he might have been using to to shape bits uh to into something like that 
Uh, so that's that's what you get from your investigation down here. All right. So is that enough to allay Rose panic attack at least a little bit, like going around and just doing something? Yeah, especially doing her little pack rat thief thing. <laughs> Fair enough. Are you taking any of the tools he was using? As many as I can. Where exactly are you putting them? Um, all of my pockets. I'm going to fill them up with whatever things and then just have an armful of stuff. So just real obvious. Oh, oh, absolutely. I, it, no one's going to stop me from stealing these things. And if they do, her reasoning is these don't belong to anyone anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. <sighs> Great. So, yep, you are just obviously stealing some stuff. Um, of the, of the leftover bits of Shadrach, what, if anything, did you take? Um, can I take some hair and his I jacket mean, yeah. piece? Yeah, you, you uh, can pick yeah, those up. Those. Yeah. How are you keeping those in a way that you won't get them mixed up with, like, any of your own hair that might be on your clothes? Um, is there a Ziploc bag somewhere? <laughs> I am going to make you roll a resources roll to have okay. a Ziploc bag on you right now that you can put that in. That's going right. to be a resources roll of one. I got a three. Cool. <laughs> you have you have a reclosable plastic bag. I'm proud of you. <laughs> so you can put those bits in there so that they, <laughs> they are kept <laughs> relatively f fresh and, like, not going to get mixed up with stuff. All right, you have an evidence baggie. Good for you. Um, good, good, good. So I think I think as this, this time is passing, I think that Warden Chaplin is not going to try to make small talk with any of you. That just does not seem like the best move right now. Um, Ladislav has politely excused himself so that he can, you know, go because like he has a life outside of this and like a sandwich shop to keep, though it's not like it's open right now. But uh, yeah, he's he's going to leave. And... Albion um, is going to actually talk to Ro. Ro, we didn't really get a chance to fully address this um, before everything, you know went down but uh mr jack's gone okay where i don't know all i know is he manifested eight shadrach and when i looked at des with the side he was gone just gone um okay so how is Obviously, there hasn't been much time for decompression, but how does Des seem? Well, um, honestly, I don't know. At the moment, uh, there was a lot of tears and a lot of very heavy emotion. And, um, I, I, we haven't had time to fucking process that. I would like to answer that question by asking the most qualified person. <laughs> Des, you... You have your spot, you're sitting in it, your head hurts, you're, you're having a real day, you're having a real <laughs> bad day, 
Um, but yeah, uh, Mr. Jack is, or rather, uh, he who walks within is no longer kicking around in your head, coloring your perception of reality in his subtle way. What's that feel like? Like, talk me through what Des is going through right now, now that she actually has a quiet moment to be introspective. I think that if you were to just be looking at her, you'd be seeing that she's kind of like sitting very curled up on the ground, like her knees are pulled up and her head's resting on her knees and her arms are around her legs. And uh, she probably has one hand on her head and she's kind of just rocking back and forth, kind of agitated, half anxious, half self-soothed soothing really like she doesn't look good her head is killing her um she's probably crying quietly and i honestly don't feel like she's all that concerned with the disappearance of mr jack currently because i think that um watching her friend get beaten to a pulp is a little more pertinent and a little more traumatizing currently and I think that she's just upset at everybody. <laughs> and I I think that maybe the m- emotional and physical pain is actually outweighing her thoughts on Mr. Jack right now, other than perhaps relief and some strange quietness, I suppose, like almost disconcerting. Yeah, uh, about that quiet. Remember when Albion looked in the site and just saw a bunch of bunch of ghosts just sort of standing in awe, uh, just uh, back a ways? Mm-hmm. It's been real quiet recently. You haven't heard anything. No yeah. ghostly chatter, no murmurs, really, nothing. Uh, obviously no, no Mr. Jack or he who walks within. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think the ghosts are generally just kind of giving you some distance other than when you did your fun little shield thing. Yeah, I think that there's that definitely it's disconcerting the quiet, um, not used to it, but maybe a little bit of a relief to have right now. At the same time, she's got a really major feeling of defeatedness right now because she, feels like pretty much everything they've done so far has not done anything to help Marcus. She doesn't feel that Marcus is helping himself at all. She really feels like the whole day is just a bust and wants to go home. She's just right now, she just wants to go home and she can't. And she's a little frustrated about that. So now that you have this, you have this silence, which is terribly unusual for you you have the opportunity to actually hear your own thoughts uninterrupted completely no distractions other than the ambient noise around you and whatever people might be doing but you're really not paying attention to them you've got your head down in your knees so you have an opportunity to play back the events of the day and 
you start walking back through all of the decisions that led to where you are now and the unclear motivations behind what everybody has done you you start to gain a little bit of perspective replaying those things in your head without interruption either from background noise or if you i don't know if you realize it subtle influence from something that particularly likes to work with memories and you start finding reasons for things that you previously couldn't ascribe any reason to at all maybe bad reasons maybe reasons that didn't really make sense in the moment but they aren't really that nonsensical and then you get to the moment of now or just before now when you were face to face with basically a walking corpse that hadn't quite yet died and you made the decision that this needed to stop. I need you to answer the question with your current state of mind, with the newfound and maybe even unwelcome clarity that you have in the moment. Does Des believe that she should have killed Shadrach? I think the answer to that question is she's going to scramble over to where the water is and throw up. Okay. I think she's horrified now. Okay. So the answer here is you no longer are convinced that he needed to die by your hand. Oh yeah, no. Okay. Well, good news for you. You don't have to replace sponsored magic with Lawbreaker on your character sheet. Oh, good. You you have that realization that that action, while you needed you wanted this threat to stop, the the idea that killing him with your magic was what you needed to do in that moment is just so utterly horrifying and so outside of who you think you are, who you believe yourself to be. Do you take the moment to start taking inventory of your previous decisions to see what else might have been out of character, even just a little bit? Uh, yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah, you... You start thinking back through recent events. And you start noticing a disturbing pattern. That you have acted against your nature. Which is your right as a being with free will uh you are you are and you're able to do that but 
in more deliberately harmful ways than I think you'd even realized in the moment. Rokamen, the least ingratiated member of the group, the one who wasn't there when Marcus was here, the one who doesn't have the same stake in all of this, perhaps. You've recently started pushing her away. Somebody who trusted you enough to think, I need to get out of this situation. I'm taking you with me because I think it's the right thing to do. Was Ro wrong? Probably. Was she thinking about you? It sure seems that way. And after that, you kind of acted real petty. You got mad at her for her actions not helping to save Marcus. How was it helping to save Marcus by basically turning the cold shoulder to someone that you call a friend and took into your life? Do you start taking the moment to turn this introspection outward, though? What do you mean? You've been thinking a lot about your own behavior and the way that it's changed slowly over time thinking of you know more dramatic examples to more subtle things which i i can let you kind of fill in the gaps there but i, I don't need to spell it all out right now but that sort of pattern of like getting a little little more and more away from the you that you remember do you start noticing do you start thinking outward to the behaviors of your friends? Yes. So you're you're having this moment of reflection, appropriately enough, as you're leaned over the edge of the water, and you see yourself, and you see the you that you are now, the you that you are still, despite everything, and you have that moment where you think through your own actions and your own sort of subtly changed behaviors that were a little bit more and more negative. And you start noticing it's not just you. Albion protects people. Why would he shoot another human being in the head just like that? Albion has a protective streak a mile wide and you know it. That seems a little violent. And his his dealings with Agent Pyburn have gotten less of a sort of verbally hostile and subtle, like, I know you hate me and I hate you, but we need to work together to just open hostility of, like, drawing firearms and threatening each other. Sure, he was protecting you when he did it, but, like, that's pretty strong. And Roe. Roe distrusts authority, sure, but Beaumont is her friend. Yeah, Beaumont knows that she's a little shit and is going to listen in because that's just who Roe is. But like, she didn't even give him a chance, any benefit of the doubt whatsoever. And Sly, well, he's always been arrogant, sure, but he knows he's the smartest guy in the room all the time. And yeah, he has the most physical prowess out of all of you. But an eight-foot-tall, just thick-with-muscle Billy Goat Man? Why the fuck did he think he could take that on? 
Why was he excited at the challenge? And Marcus, just immediately jumping into something manipulative to put a friend in danger. Sure, he's his motivations have been suspect, but like, that seems a little much. You start to think that maybe, just maybe, Mr. Jack hadn't just been messing with you. That perhaps just by being around you, he'd been messing with everyone else, too. Well, that's a lot of guilt she's feeling right now. She's probably going to quietly go slink back into a dark corner somewhere and just have her pity party there. Okay. So, yeah, you've had this realization that just... Uh, just by being around you, everybody has been slowly and subtly manipulated into becoming a worse version of themselves. Which was one of her major concerns several plot arcs ago. Yeah. Yeah. So she's going to feel absolutely great about that. Hmm. Okay. Ladislav walks back into the space. Completely unexpectedly. And he just walks directly over to you, Des. Oh. And uh, he has a little plastic bag. Uh, and he reaches into it. And he pulls out a sandwich. And you can smell it's the spiciest thing on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> she probably gags a little bit because she just threw up like a minute ago. I think you've had a couple minutes to really let this sink in. And then, uh, yeah, he he just hands it to you. And he says nothing except the great spirit thinks you need to eat and then leaves again. <laughs> Thank you. You now have a sandwich from the four corners of the earth right there in front of you. What do you do? What do I need to roll to choke it down? <laughs> well, here's the thing about food from the four corners of the earth. Unless you have an active food allergy, you never choke it down. It's I, delicious. I know. It's just like, I would think the food would be the last thing she would need right now. But like, there's a part of me that also thinks that Ladislav is an angel on earth. So like, do you refuse food from an angel? <laughs> uh, so are you going to like, at least give it, you know, like a tentative nibble to see if like you can, you can handle, handle it. She'll take like a delicate, half-hearted bite. Okay. And, you know, it's probably one of those things where you're just like, oh, I couldn't even eat right now. And then as soon as you do eat, that's when your stomach tells you how hungry you've been. And then all of a sudden it's gone before you even breathe. You beat me to such a fun description. <laughs> uh, but I am going to add on top of that. Mm -hmm. Um. First of all, you've been in his restaurant. You know it takes that man as much time as it takes him to make a sandwich. He got back here real quick. That's a mystery to figure out later. However, yes, you take that first bite and 
uh, it's hot. Well, the food is hot, like not not cold like you'd expect a walk all the way from his restaurant. You have no idea how this happened, but the food still tastes fairly fresh, fairly freshly made. Um, and also it's hot. Like it's got some serious spice kick in there, but it's delicious. And as you kind of, oh, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, I, this is really good, but oh, and it hits your stomach and you have that sudden feeling of, oh, shit. I really do need to eat. You look at the sandwich and yeah, your eyes and your stomach and your mouth all agree. You should eat this. And you start taking bigger and bigger bites of it. And yeah, it's spicy. It's damn good. It feels like exactly what you need right now. And um, I'm going to give you one shot at an empathy roll. Target of five okay and i will tell you that uh this may have a significant impact on one of your aspects okay i got a three but i would love to invoke another fate point okay invoke an aspect give me that fate point what you doing I'm going to tag my high concept, I think. I No, actually I'm going to I'm going to invoke Born with the Gift. I'm going to I I have a feeling that there's, you know, if he if he's mentioning the the great spirits that there's probably something supernatural that I can attain off of this is how I feel. So you start getting you start feeling like maybe this sandwich is special. Maybe it's maybe it's something a little more than just a sandwich. Yeah. Or at least I I trust that there's something different and special about Ladislav. Okay. Um yeah. So the first couple bites of this sandwich put a fire in your mouth and the last couple bites lit a fire in your gut. And Instead of feeling bad for yourself, sure, you'll have plenty of time to do that later. You start feeling fucking furious because that motherfucker lived rent-free in your head for so long, manipulated you, used you, wrung you out to dry, and had the gall to work your friends like that? I think you start having the kind of righteous hate that we've not really seen in Desdemona so far. But you are offended on behalf of your friends that something did this to them, and that something absolutely is going to get the full force of you. Your mild mental consequence has been removed as the fire in your gut makes you shake off the fire in your head with now this renewed sense of focus and purpose. And the car, bitches, we're going jack hunting.
Oh, right. I almost forgot. Uh, Sylvester doesn't have a car anymore. I don't think Sylvester's car matters anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. Sylvester's car does not really matter at this point. Sylvester's uh, car does... is doing a Sylvester impression. Yeah, pretty much. Oh uh, my god! <laughs> yeah, <Christine>! Sylvester. <laughs> what? what? They're both fucked up! I, oh! I yeah. think that Darius would oh! love that comparison. <laughs> Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.